the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is an AV Nation special, a closer look at the Philadelphia Union Stadium. This is Jim Albright with Aviation with an Aviation special talking about the Philadelphia Union. Um, I've, I've said this for over a year now. My day job uh, is I, I run marketing for a fantastic integrator out of St. Louis called CTI. We have a, a pretty kick butt um, broadcast and uh, sporting uh, day uh, uh, event uh, organization and office out of Atlanta uh, a couple years ago. Uh, they started working with the Philadelphia Union as they redid and, and kind of rehabbed um, their entire game day experience. It's been covered by SCN as an installation of the year. A uh, very nice piece by my buddy Dan Friese over at Commercial Integrator. So I figured, hey, let's get these kids on the phone and see what exactly um, we did and how we did it. So first and foremost, Carl Mandel. Carl is, Carl is from the Philadelphia Union. Welcome, sir. How you doing? Nice to, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, also with us is Cherie Parker. She is from the Atlanta office of the aforementioned CTI. Welcome, ma'am. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and if you've never watched it, you should go over and check out after this one, uh, the Aviation uh, Women in AV episode that we did with Cherie, because she's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, Ryan Brody also is from the Atlanta office. Welcome, sir. Good to be here. Uh, and an old friend of at least me and Aviation, Mr. John Hinkle from Netgear. Welcome, sir. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Carl, I'm going to start with you on this. Uh, Philadelphia is not a uh, is not a stranger uh, sports town, at least to me. Uh, born and raised in St. Louis, I have no uh, love for the Flyers <laughs> north of Phillies. Um, but it, it's a unique town, right? Uh, Philadelphia, ha they have you have unique sporting venues, uh, iconic sporting venues. So, what kind of makes the Union um, and and the stadium there unique? And, and as, as you looked at that and looked at that kind of environment as you went to, to do this, this renovation. Well, everything's unique about our stadium for one. If you know about the Philadelphia sports landscape, all of the stadiums are located in South Philadelphia. We're the only stadium that's not in South Philadelphia. We're down uh, I-95 a little bit further south of the airport on the Delaware River, uh, right under the Commodore Barry Bridge. So. You know, they're all, they all have a nice picturesque view of Center City, and we have a nice view of a bridge, and, and we're on a waterfront property. We're the only stadium with waterfront property, so um, it's a very picturesque-looking stadium. Um, and then, uh, you know, our, our venue's different, right? We have a, a whole culture of fans called the, the Sons of Ben. Uh, we have our own fan culture here that's, that's unique to the sport, that's kind of different than the other sports. Um, so it's just a different environment, a different atmosphere. And then we're the newest of all the stadiums. You know, a lot of the rebuilt stadiums down in South Philly were built somewhere between uh, the late 90s and, and early 2000s. And our stadium was built in, in 2010. And so they've gone through renovations and projects before. We're an expansion team. Um, so we, we were built in 20. Our team was founded in 2010. And so uh, we're going through everything through the for the very first time, whereas these other sports teams and front offices have, uh, you know, kind of rinse and repeat many times on over. We should, I, I should have started with this. The Philadelphia Union is a soccer club, right? Soccer team uh, there in, in Philadelphia. Um, 
you guys have been around for, for 12 years. This was your first kind of renovation and, and up, updates. As you went into this process and you did kind of look around to the city, because let's be frank, sports is a business. Some of your competitors are the Eagles. Some of your competitors are the Phillies, right? And some of those, those other stadiums. What were some of the areas that you were concerned about and where were, where were you trying to have you lead at least with a, a focus on this? You know, while there are competitors in the business world, we're all friends in the production world. So, you know, they give a lot of help and guidance, honestly, um, on, you know, what they've done right, what they've done wrong, um, being able to see uh, the different projects they've done, that they've done. As I said, you know, they've been in multiple venues already and multiple renovations. So taking in as much information from all my colleagues um, throughout the city were really, really helpful um, in making some of the decisions um, but first and foremost, you know, in a project like this, what I want to do is I want to provide an equal or better experience when they're coming to our venue um, as that when they go to uh, any of the other venues in the city. And so I want to make sure that, um, you know, we're having everybody's putting in large screens and they're, you know, the entertainment is, is top notch. And when they come to our venue, it's going to be different than what they've seen in the other buildings because of the culture of our sport. But it's going to be... Uh, I think better than what they're doing. So, uh, you know, I want to provide a top-notch experience. Really quickly, because I, I don't know the answer to this, and I, I really am curious here. Um, I, I've been to a handful of, of, of soccer games, uh, professional soccer games in, in the U.S. Never have uh, overseas, although I have seen the Bears play at Tottenham Stadium. It's not exactly the same, right? Uh, first of all, it's the Bears. Um, I'm not going <laughs> to talk about whether or not they won or lost huge Bears fans so don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. Um, You're all about the double doink then, right? I Oh my God. Don't just... <laughs> You're talking and, about and then, I got to bring they, that up. Right? You have to. And, and they were smart enough to get rid of that kicker and then lose to him several times. Anyhow. Um, <laughs> in, 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 then, in, in the soccer world though, are you... Do you think that maybe you guys are competing against other clubs in other cities? And, and the reason I ask this, right is in, you know, I mentioned the fact that, that you know, St. Louis and, and Philly, you know, played against each other for a lot of years. We still do because we're both in the, in the, in the, uh, in the NL. But you've got, like, you know, um, Yankee Stadium and Fenway. Two competing teams, two competing stadiums. Do you have anything like that in the soccer world where, you know, the Philadelphia Union Stadium is competing against Minnesota's, right, for the best fan experience? From a, on a business side of things, you know, of course, we weigh up our production and everything that we're doing versus all of our colleagues around the league and, and in our city. Um, from a fan experience side, you know, the reality is that most of these fans aren't going from venue to venue. They don't know okay. what's happening in Minnesota or L.A. You know, I'd like to, to say that I've seen a lot of the venues. I know a lot what's going on around this country uh, in uh, the different soccer venues. And I want to make sure that we are doing you know, the best possible experience we can and quite frankly, a better experience than what some of these other venues are doing. And so, you know, we weigh up ourselves on the business side, but from a fan side, right, they don't they don't know what's going on. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, Cherie, talk to me uh, through this this process here real quick. Um, we, my understanding is you guys were uh, were engaged somewhere around uh, when, when COVID hit. Um, and so the design process, the installation process, um, probably had some more challenges than maybe if had we done this five years ago. So walk me through kind of the design and the, and the, the program, the, the, the process of getting this, this up and running. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
in regards to, you know, when COVID happened, we were probably 80, 85% complete with the project. We were going into, we were on site preparing for first event. So we were going through our punch list items. Um, and on March 11th, I think the NBA shut down the next day, you know, Carl notified us that, uh, MLB or sorry, uh, <laughs> uh MLS, uh, shut down as well. And, um, and, w and then we were, we wrapped things up. Everybody went home. Um, I think it was June of that same year that Ryan and I and a, another teammate, uh, we returned to site to try to wrap up all of those punch list items for them. And uh, it was April 24th of 2021 when we were able to return and do our first event support. So there was a long period of not of CTI not being involved, um, uh, you know, on site. But I think, you know, Carl, you had an opportunity that probably you weren't originally presented with, with being able to really dive into all that equipment. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree. I think uh, while COVID was, you know, not great for the sports world and the in the world in general, uh, anybody who's going through an upgrade uh, wants the gift of time. And we were kind of given the gift of time to kind of learn um, what we had, how to implement it, um, work out a lot of kinks, right? We were doing a lot of events that were 50 people in the building because that's what was allowed at the time. And um, we were putting on as best of a full show as we can um, at that time to really push ourselves so that whenever we were ready to have fans and we didn't know, nobody knew what the what the fan market was gonna be, um, that whenever we were allowed to have 1,000, 2,000, 5,000 fans, we were gonna be ready to go. And so for us, it was a great thing to like kind of soft open the room, get back to Ryan and Cherie and be like, hey, this isn't working correctly. Here's what's, here's some of the bugs and kinks that we found. And by the time we got to that full support show, I think in 2021, really we were in, in pretty good shape because I think we caught a lot of the things that maybe, you know, had we have opened up full strength in 2020, maybe we would have found that out real time with a full house. And so, you know, by the time the fans were able to come in full house, like, you know, it was uh, full steam ahead. John, from a, a standpoint, from a vendor standpoint and a manufacturer standpoint, working, how, how does working on a job like this, you know, as, as Ryan, as, as, as Cherie said, and, and, and Carl said, you know, having kind of a soft open, but also seeing some of the, 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 the hiccups and the bugs to, to work out, how does partnering with a, with an integrator like that and, and a, a customer like that help? A lot of good things to talk about there, Tim. I was just going to jump in after Carl said it. Yeah. So number one, I want to say that CTI has been a partner of ours for a number of years, and they actually helped develop this M42 series of switches. Mm. So they were intimately involved in us trying to figure out what they need, what's best, what works well. So one thing, we've valued CTI for a number of years. Um, our system engineers, you know, we have a Pro-AV design engineering services team that helps design your network and will used to, not so much anymore, could come out and actually help on some of these larger jobs like this. Well, they were shut down, of course, as well. But one of the things that they told me, and Carl can, can talk to this too a little bit more, we had to redesign the network a bit. So we figured things out based on, on paper, what would work best for the installation. And you come to realize, oh, there's some things about stacking or there's some other things about this particular installation we should change and do differently. And COVID and that downtime helped immensely. So 
again, in this case, that was a little bit of a help for this situation. Right. I wanted to bring you up on this and, and talk about that, that communication between folks like Netgear, Netgear specifically, but also other vendors as well. And, you know, the team at, at the Philadelphia Union and how you guys were able to kind of translate, you know, back and forth, but also getting the support of both trying to figure out some of these, some of these issues and some of these, you know, bugs as you went along. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, working with certain manufacturers is, is the key to this and ones that we're good partners with is, is critical. So, I, you know, we didn't start out as a Netgear design um, that got put into play probably due to availability, pricing, you know, stepping into the HDR realm here. There was, there was, we were looking for ways to um, save money in some areas to help with conversion and some of the HDR uh, areas that we needed to address, um, and Netgear came to play and really helped move that along. And we um, we worked closely with them to, through the design to figure out, you know, what makes sense for this and and what's the best solution for for Philadelphia. Um, and I, I was really happy with the way it turned out. There's there's some redundancy built into the system, and and in my opinion, it was lower price and better solution for what they needed. Um, similar thing happened with other manufacturers as well. Um, Ross Video and Ebert's on the replay and clip play outside. Like everybody's pushing the HDR side of this, and there was a lot of a lot to be worked out and a lot of phone calls to have with manufacturers to figure out how to do it. All right, so um, Ryan, I have a I have a rule that if you if you say an acronym, you have to define it. Um, so <laughs> HDR is high dynamic range. Um, so what exactly does that mean, especially in a stadium set, uh, setting? Well, let's see. To put it the easiest way, right, more colors. Okay. So it makes the video board and what you're putting on the video board more vivid is, is the best way that I would describe it. Um, and, you know, that's really easy to capture with cameras. The camera manufacturers have been doing that for a while, and we weren't worried about that side of it at all. But when it came down to the clip, um, the video clips are going to be played and graphics content, all of these other parts, they're not native in that format necessarily. And, you know, poor Carl's got to figure out, you know, do we have these video clips? How are we going to convert them into HDR? Are the graphics going to be HDR native? You know, all, all that had to be sorted out. And that was really kind of on the design side, what got all of us down, you know, down to the table thinking and calling everybody up to talk about how we're going to pull this off. Carl, um, Talk for a second to, to somebody in your position who is looking at, at doing either a, a brand new build, right, um, or they are getting ready to, to renovate their space, right? Um, what advice would you give them? Um, well, you know, I think everybody's in a different budget situation. So, you know, I would say that you should push yourself to get the best bang for your budget that you can. And you should stretch yourself as much as you can technology-wise to get the very best and, you know, I would like to say future-proof, but what does future-proof mean these days? Technology is changing every single day. <laughs> you want to try to, you want to try to get, advance yourself uh, the best that you can so that, um, you know, you're able to put out the best product that you possibly can, you know, as, as best as I could say it. No, no, so no. that's, that's kind of um, with our project. Yeah. yeah and I, I would add on to say that, you know, for the clients and customers, there's no harm in reaching out to manufacturers directly and getting ahead of this, you know, work on this design and, you know, what direction you want to go with it before 
you you get engaged full blown into an integrator to get it going. So there's a lot of these manufacturers welcome that opportunity for the end users to call up and say, this is what we're thinking about doing. What do you think? And you know, start those conversations um, as well as you know, um, having a good consultant involved to guide that process as well. Uh, Anthony James Partners was a part of this and they, they started that off to get it on the right foot with Carl and know what direction it was going before they even got too far into it. Um, one thing that I would say is like, as you think about this and you think about the progression of uh, you know, from SD to from standard definition to high definition, from standard dynamic range to high dynamic range, right? Like, think about the progression there. And even from 1080p to 4K, right? If you get the highest output that you can, whether you're ready for it or not, you can always go backwards, right? But if your highest output is only X, you can't go forward. So for me, in making the decision, right, 4K was not in the budget for us. But being able to have a 1080p um, control room and going HDR was in our budget range. And so I wanted to do that because it was that very highest output that I can get. And whether we're ready or not, or if the market's not ready to support it or editing or all those different things, I can always dial back. And when we're ready to go forward, I can go forward. So that was a lot in the decision making that I made. And to that end. And talking about future-proofing as well, really, that's exactly it. As, as we've been talking about, as Tim and I have talked about countless times, AV over IP, that's making all this happen because you can do 720, you can do 1080, it doesn't matter to us, we're a network switch. So once you get into something over IP, you can much more easily update as you need to and upgrade. So I think people probably get in the details too much too too quickly. And to Ryan's point and Carl's point, get some help, get people to help figure, out, figure that out for you. And uh, do, you can build in some flexibility without having to pay a gob of money for future proofing or whatever. But that way you're, you're, you're ready to go. You're on a path forward. Yeah, absolutely. Shree, uh, you know, um, what, what advice would you give somebody as they're looking to do a, a, a system and a, and a, a design of this size? Sure, I can't speak to the technical side of things. That's more of Ryan's field than mine. But from a project management standpoint, um, it's the relationship that we build with the client. So you have a number of, you know, systems integrators that are out there that are really smart and can and do a number of different designs and put systems together. But CTI, like we have a really great group in it, not not just our company, but our Atlanta branch that's specific to, you know, the broadcasting side. We have just a really great group here. And I feel like we established a really great relationship with Carl um, and we worked really well. The, I feel like the communication was great, both back and forth. And our focus was to handhold him through this whole process and build the trust with him so that he felt confident that we were going to, you know, lead him to the finish line and he would be happy with what he was wanting to get out of it. Carl, um, last word on this, and or, or, yeah, uh, the you know Cherie and, and, and Ryan and, and Hinkle jump in if you'd like. What is one thing that you absolutely positively want to show somebody when they come to the Philadelphia Union Stadium? Ah, oh, you're setting me up for the easy question, but I, I got you. The control room, right? Like no, no, no. Outside work. I wouldn't show them the control room. I've seen the video. I would show them the the, the ribbon. Sure. That's me. Well, jokes aside, I think we built we built a really special control room. I think it's something um, that, you know, I'm in production. So it's something that I really want to show people because I'm really proud of where the room, you know, if I were to show a photo before and after your mind would be shocked at what the room previously looked like and the walls, just a, just a cosmetic uh, look of the room alone is completely different um, with the walls that we knocked down and the windows that we added. 
So first and foremost, I'm really, really proud of our control room because you look at that versus what other teams and stadiums have. And I would put our control room amongst, you know, even some of the NFL control rooms. Maybe we don't have as many dream catchers or we don't have the, the biggest switcher that they have, but it's pretty comparable um, in equipment and, uh, and layout um, to some of these other stadiums. So that's something really proud of. And, and like I said earlier, right, we're the only stadium on the waterfront right now. So taking them up to a special spot in our stadium where you can overlook the water and the bridge and see ships go by. It's a really cool, unique, you know, you think of like the San Francisco Giants that have a really cool atmosphere um, with them being on the water. We're not out by the Pacific Ocean. We're by the Delaware River, but uh, it definitely makes for a very cool, picturesque um moment when you come to the stadium that you don't get to see often i think that you know it's kind of uh, i'm kind of immune to it because i've been here for you know all my 13th season so i will say uh, around cti there is a there's a shot of uh, when we did do the, the shoot um, <laughs> there is a gorgeous shot i'm not even sure how the heck they grabbed it, it it's as the the moon over the river over the over the bridge over the stadium absolutely phenomenal so yeah yeah, the, the fan experience in that stadium is pretty amazing. We got to come and, and witness one of the games there, and the it was just absolutely beautiful. You know, it's it's unreal to see semis crossing the bridge at the same time a ship going past, and then there's, like, a soccer game playing in front of you. So um, it that just being a part of the fans was a really awesome and amazing experience, and that's that's one part that will stick with me for sure. That control room's pretty cool too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The control room. You know, not, not everybody has, you know, all of their technical director, replay operators, graphics operators, LED positions, producer. The next room over, you've got announcer. The next room over, you got front of house, you know, audio control. All of it's right there, so you can stand right there in the middle of the room and see the entire production going on at one time. And not every venue has that, which is one of the things that I think Carl's point out is it. It makes it a cool experience. And then throw in a sunset and a moonrise and a ship and a river, right? <laughs> All those things. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much. Carl Mandel from the Philadelphia Union. Uh, how do people connect with you or find out more uh, about the union? Well, if they want to find out more about the union, you can go on our website, philadelphiaunion.com, or go on Twitter, which we're very active. We're kind of the leaders in the league with our social media, so at philadelphiaunion.com or... I'm pretty active myself, so you can go on my Twitter handle. I need some more followers, so at Carl Mandel. Uh, you told me I can give shout-outs, so I'm going to give a little personal yeah. plug that my wife and I are expecting our first baby this summer. So, uh, I don't oh, think I told you. Congratulations. i no. give her a little personal <laughs> plug, and then I have a very adorable Bernadoodle dog who has got more followers than yeah. probably this collective group. He's got almost 5,000 followers. Milo underscore Philly Bernadoodle. He's awesome. And cars stop and honk me when I walk him. <laughs> Here's the thing. I've been doing this for a long time, and you're the first person to actually take me up on all of the personal shout-outs, so I appreciate it. I'm a, I'm a big talker, <laughs> so uh, like, if you were to stop talking, I probably can fill this whole thing for about an hour right now. So. If, it, if we're recording this on a Friday, otherwise I probably let you, would let you do that. Um, <laughs> Ryan Brody, uh, how do people connect with you, sir? Uh, I'll just, hey, I mean, I'll wrap it up. The usual shout outs from, from, from our group. You know, Cherie is an awesome project manager. Happy to have her uh, be part of this project and many more going forward. And Carl, I hope you, you know, we meet again on future projects, of course. Um, and a lot of our great team in the Atlanta group helped pull this job off um they're all still you know still around and we linda and gerald have been up spent many weeks there weathered through the covid 
situation and came out and finished it out. And, you know, great group. Happy to have him. Happy to be at CTI and happy to have Philadelphia Union as a customer. Sheree, uh, how do people connect with you or CTI? Uh, yeah, well, um, obviously, if you have any interest, uh, CTI, you can reach me there. I'm also on uh, LinkedIn as well. So you can reach me in both places. Yeah, I don't have a Twitter handle. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, but CTI does. So you, you can either follow, follow Carl, you can follow uh, CTI AV. There you go, Ryan. Uh, if anybody if anybody asks for your Twitter handle, just give them CTI AV. Uh, and, and I would appreciate it. There you go. And last but not least, Mr. John Hinkle, how do people connect with you and or Netgear, sir? Tim, it's easy. Uh, best way is jhinkle, H-E-N-K-E-L, at netgear.com or go to netgear.com slash proav. Thanks. All right. Very good. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. Do not follow me on the Twitters because I will complain about the Bears uh, or celebrate the Blues. One of the two. Uh, but go by the website, avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. You can find this program and a host of others. I mentioned my day job is the head of marketing for CTI. So you can go by their website, cti.com, for more information. Uh, you can find out more podcasts from avianation at avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been an Avianation special.